0: On today's show, we are getting to know Carl Phelps. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire. Someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up on any social media. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E the next time you are looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Patreon.com helps creators like me earn a monthly income that will be put towards podcast expenses support the Getting to Know You pod's creative endeavors through Patreon for as little as $2 a month. There are all sorts of costs that I had no fucking idea about associated with posting podcasts, not to mention the need for equipment and production. So dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or just want to help keep the pod going, go to our Patreon. The links in the description and your support of the Getting to Know You pod is very much appreciated two bucks too much? Here are three free ways to help. Get your thumbs ready. One, push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. Did that? Thank you. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go ahead, open those apps, click away if you haven't already. Thanks again. Three, go to Apple write a review. The internet tells me this might be the most important and impactful. So thank you. Your support, dear listener, whether it's with your thumbs, through our Patreon, or ideally both, is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know
1: I'm gonna do a terrific show today. Getting to like
0: you, getting to hope you like me, because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of and Carl Phelps is running for the 14th House District seat in Delaware, which includes parts of Rehoboth Beach, Dewey Beach, Lewis, and Henlopen Acres. Carl Phelps does not have a primary in September. It is straight to November for Carl. Carl, thank you for coming on and letting people get to know you. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you very much, Sean. I'm looking forward to a great and wonderful event.
0: Yeah, and so there was an awesome article written by the Cape Gazette about you that gave a long, several, several paragraphs and a lot of details about your background, which is very easily Googleable. but basically you're a kick-ass veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. EMT, fireman, and football referee extraordinaire.
1: (laughs) I I just try to be involved in the community. If you want to be part of the community, you have to be involved in the community. Yeah. That's that's me. I,
0: I like it. And I like the mindset of just being around a bunch of different folks who make a community, you're around the people who make the infrastructure, basically which is really I, cool. And
1: that's what I look for, you know, the, the, the fire department. I, I know a lot of the police officers down here. I know the officials, which pushed me into the school. So I, I learned, you know, the, the kids in school and it's fun to see a kid in middle school playing football. And now I get to officiate him in high school and I see him going off someplace else. That's, that's what makes it worthwhile.
0: I, Before we were recording, you were telling me a little bit about the referee and the state negotiations. We don't have to really get into that because we're here to talk about you being a house rep. Um, but the thing I kept thinking about is it's really cool that you're gaining this sort of experience in negotiation, in finding like what constituents want and in like compromise. When we were talking earlier, I'm like, it seems like that comes pretty naturally to you. And I'm curious about other jobs. Like, has it always been, have you been in a lot of positions where you've got to just pull people together, figure out best practice?
1: Yes. And (laughs) I fall back to a lot of my, my time, especially with the army, I was with special operations. So we became a, a source on, in the field, in the battlefield or in different countries around the world where we would go and operate where English is the second language. Mm. And you learned to associate with these people and to be able to bring these people out, realizing that that some of their so often mores or their standards are different than ours. It doesn't make them wrong. It makes them different. And so it opens your eyes to many different, many different peoples, many different styles, many different undertakings that people do. And you realize that, you know, the old adage when in Rome you do as the Romans, <laughs> you know? So it, it, you pick that up and you learn to run with that. And we were the liaison often between the U.S. government and the local population or the local people that were there. And so you, you learn that, that's, uh, it's fun.
0: It's, it's nice that you kind of get into that. (laughs) I feel like instead of being strong and I don't want to speak too much for you, but I get the vibe of like, instead of being hard lined, you're more into the, what makes sense kind of vibe. What's best for people around me? What's our,
1: we used to say with my, with the guys I work with, and we still say it today in the firehouse, you know, we don't tolerate (laughs) fools, you know? Fools will get you killed and, and or in a fire on the battlefield or just down the street. Police officers know that firemen know that every, you know, military people know that, that those kind of things will get you killed, get you hurt. So you have to, to pick up and find out what the common denominator is. If there's a, a solid difference, what, how can you bridge that sometimes it's a bridge too far, but if it is, then you have to reach out and figure out a way to make another bridge and to make another bridge and to, to bring people together a little bit at a time.
0: I, not to be super stereotypical, but I guess when um, I think of Republicans, I'm glad I'm hearing a Republican talk about unifying and figuring out bridges and like the compromise, you know, and it, it's not 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 shade on the former president, but it was it was a very hard lined and divisive stance. And I think a lot of people are kind of over that and a lot of people want results and a lot of people want representation of can we If if I need a better road. Can you not hate someone just cause they're from another party and you're not going to mess with them, but can you figure out a way to get us our road, to get us our infrastructure, to get us our funding, to build a library, whatever. So I, I just, I'm very thankful that you have that kind of mindset.
1: And that's something you just talking about roads and infrastructure. That's something that's very important <laughs> here in especially this 14th district and this whole Sussex County, uh, you know, I've been going door to door talking with people and I thought going door to door that people would say, when I ask them, what's the biggest thing that's challenging you? And my, my thought and what I heard going into this was, oh, it's going to be the economy. It's going to be the price of gas. It's going to be the price of food. And as I walk around the areas I we went through, uh, uh, RBYCC the other day, and then a couple other areas we walked through, that's not the issue to them at all. They're worried about, they call it sprawl yeah. overbuilding and everything that's going on down here in the County. Well, the majority of that is a County issue. It's not a state issue, but from the state side, we we can look at it. We can look at Dot, and we can say Dot, let's step out here and say, Yeah, you can build those homes there on that land, that's perfectly fine, but you will have the infrastructure in place. You will have the roads, you will have the sewers, you will have these things in place before you start all the building. Don't build a hundred new homes and then say, okay, now we have to widen the road. Put the road in. put your sewer in, then build your your things.
0: Do you know why that doesn't happen? or why that didn't happen? I've
1: I've been here seven years, so I don't know the total history of Sussex County. I'm trying to learn it. I'm trying to to, to delve into it. But I've heard over the years that for many years, you know, the bumper sticker LSD, Lower, Slower Delaware, is that Sussex County said, well, we don't want to be part of the big build-out. So money went to Wilmington money went to Dover, went north. Now that Sussex County has been discovered, people want to come here. They're, they're coming here left and right. You know, you can't drive down any backcountry road without seeing another 50 homes, another 100 homes, you know, going up. But the 10-year plan from Dot, the 10-year plan from these other agencies doesn't have this infrastructure in the, in the plan eight, nine years down the road. Now we talked with the Sussex County uh, leadership the other day and they sat down and essentially reestablished a good relationship with Delta, which is fantastic. So we need to look at that 10 year plan and that five year plan. And we need to bring some of that back into Sussex County and into this area to say, okay, well, let's, let's slow a little bit of this let's speed this up on the other side. There's many ways to do it. The county's working very hard on it, top of it. They they have a good handle on it and it just needs to happen a little bit quicker and we from the state side can make that happen.
0: Yeah, so I just want to, I want to say how I think a state representative would help and you feel free to correct anything that I'm saying wrong. It seems kind of simple. It's like <laughs> your job would be to give dell dot an area of focus like you would be in control over part of their budget or try to advocate for part of their budget to go towards these roads is it as simple as that and then it's up to the county, county council to communicate where that money needs to be placed or where the where it needs to be utilized because hey this is where the developer development is going
1: yeah the county and dell dot work together to to see where that money goes, but from, and I've talked with, uh, um, Ernie Lopez, the current Senator and, and Steve Schmick, who is the, the current representative from the 20th, which is right next door the 20th district, right next door, who they've been schooling me quite well on exactly how these, you know, they put out funds, how things are going. The the representatives here can bring in Dot and they can bring in DENREC and they can bring in these other agencies to look at the shore, to look at the building, to look at, at what's going on and can, I don't, I not exactly sure exactly 100% how they can move a budget because, you know, dealing with, with the, uh, department of education, it seems like once they set a budget, there's no, no turning away from it. <laughs> so that needs to be, you know, I need to look into that and find out exactly how that goes but I do know that there are dis, there is discretionary push and there's discretionary spending in, in every area that can be focused or refocused into specific areas. So we need to work with the people and that's what I'm here to do. Not just, you know, uh, I've never even met Pete Schwarzkopf who I'm running against. I, I don't know him from Adam, I, I see his picture, so I think if I see him on his feet, I'll know who he is. Um, but the what we've done to assist right now is has gotten stagnant, and we need to, to pick up our game in Sussex County to become more relevant in the state of Delaware.
0: Yeah, that was something in the article. Um, and actually, before we move on, is there – because what I'll try to do is I'll timestamp by topics. So if people want to hop around, it'll be easier for them. Um, Is there something else about roads before um, we get into the advocating for Sussex County part?
1: They all need a bike lane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude. So I jog and that bike trail is nice, but on all these country roads and it's outside of your district I'm more Harbison area. Um, it I mean, you're in grass. There there's no shoulder. There's no bike lane. You barely get Route 30, I think, might have four feet. Route five's pretty good. You know, but like it it on these backcountry roads, there are accidents waiting to happen. The further west we go with this bike trail, and people start branching off of it. I think that's a very good point.
1: I, I know I'm a you know, I I my running is minimal only on the football field now Um, (laughs) a couple ankle surgeries and and a few things uh, essentially that's what got me retired but the i put in 120 to 150 miles a week on the bicycle so i ride a lot of trails and i ride a lot of roads and we need you need a bike lane um a big issue right down here in this area right now and it's every every Tuesday, Friday, in the the local paper, there's articles about the electric bikes on the trail. Mm. Mm. That's a hard one, because there are people that are using electric bikes that need the electric bikes. They can't pedal a bicycle anymore, and some of them have have issues, so they need that electric bicycle. But then a lot of people don't follow the rules of the trail. And I looked at the rules the other day when I was writing down to see, you know, what speed limits are. And of course, it's a full sign of printing in probably number 12 font. How's anybody supposed to read this thing? You know, you got to have a big sign, got to post it out there so people can understand it. But the rules that Delta put out for the trail when they build it said, uh, no motors, mm. they didn't say, well, we meant gas motors, electric is okay. They said no motorized vehicles. So are the people on electric bikes, you know, flaunting a, a state regulation? I like to think not because they need them to get around us. Okay. Change the regulation. It's simple. Tell that, change your regulation.
0: Is it, is it like the hypocrisy that bothers people? Or are people worried safety-wise about the ability of these bikes to go quick and there's going to be accidents for a, a couple that's just out on a stroll? And then they are electric, so now you can't hear with the speed going. So you have that creep ability to be behind people and clip them. Some
1: electrics will go 30 miles an hour. Right. And I... I, I don't even see a place for them on the trail in any way, shape, or form. You know, some electrics will do fifteen. I think some will do twenty, but some will do thirty. Yeah, you know, there, there are three different classes: uh, one, two, and three. Um, there's supposed to be a fifteen mile an hour speed limit on the trail,
0: which you can reach pretty easily just pedaling on a good, like road bike. <laughs> you can hit fifteen pretty easy. Dudes fly by me all the time. I'm going twelve miles an hour at a very comfortable pace and I get flown by on that trail.
1: Right. Well, when you get blown by, do they, do they, do you hear somebody say, you know, on your left?
0: Yeah, always. No. Cause they're trying to keep their, whatever, their pace up. So they're yelling it from like 200 yards behind me, you know, cause they're weaving in to, to get their workout in, which I understand. And it's awesome that they're being active, but like they're definitely going over 15 miles an hour.
1: And, and we might, you know, with the group I ride with, we can go down the trail probably over 15 miles an hour. But we'll get single file. Yeah. We'll pass people. But as soon as we can, we get off the trail, onto those back roads that you're talking about, and, and ride out there. Now, there is safety in a group of, you know, 8, 10, 12 people. There's a little bit of safety in that group of, of a car coming up behind you, because then you can you can do it. But, Two of my friends ran into an, an electric car, one of them broke his leg and his shoulder and the police asked the woman that was driving, she goes, why did you pull out in front of the bicycle? Did You didn't see him? She goes, no, I don't, I never looked. Oh. Cause she's driving an electric car. She goes, I roll my window down. If I don't hear anybody coming, I just back up. Mm. You're not going to hear a bicycle coming down the road.
0: Yeah. And those electric bikes on the trail. So like, I really wonder how much is when people get upset about it, how much is just the, you're a rule breaker, no motor, and then it would be solved. Or how much is the weight and speed, which would increase the option of injury if you were to be hit? Cause those things are pretty heavy too, right? I mean, they're.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the, in the mindset that it's a lot of, uh, speed and the weight of the bicycles. Uh, it's probably you know, uh, mom and pop. They're out for a walk, and somebody blew by them without so much as a howdy do. Yeah. And scared the living Jesus out of somebody. So now they're they're like, why are these here on the trail? Okay, let's let's change the regulation. Do we do one or two? I don't know. It's yeah. going to take a group of people to sit down and figure out exactly what should be done. Let's do a little compromise. Let's let's get together. Yeah. Talk about it. Figure well, it
0: out. I think the other thing that I haven't heard brought up is the business aspect that if you limit if you eliminated those bikes from the trail, you're lessening the market for a business. I know like I think it's Pedigo. It just opened up uh, on Lewis across from like Big Oyster. Is am I saying the name right? Do you happen to know it?
1: I, I believe I believe it is Pedigo. I know yeah. you you have um Sea Green, you have the new electric bike store, I believe it is pedigo. And then, um, you have Lewis cycle. They all rent on weekends. They rent electric bikes to, to to everybody. And, but I think pedigo
0: is basically exclusively their type of electric bike. So man, you, you take away what people love on this trail and the ability to get to Rehoboth on this beautiful view. I'm like, what happens to this business that, I'm sure people work there. Somebody is renting out that space, which gives the person owning that shop money. And now we have jobs. And you're like, dude, th- that's kind of a nice perk. And I'm get concerned about regulations limiting businesses like that. You know, those rules. And that's
1: that's a major issue. And, and in the end of it, you know, it's something that needs to be looked at and figured out up up the line. Well, I'll take it one step further. The, My biggest complaint on all the tourists that come in bicycle, all the people that bicycle local is they don't wear a helmet.
0: I don't wear a helmet. I'm so sorry. I hate the helmet.
1: I I don't go out the door without a helmet on, you know, working in EMS. I don't Mm. know how many organ donors you pick up off the street. I know what my capabilities are and I've still had a couple crashes, you know, on my own. Um, one guy ran into the back of me, went, fell down. If he hadn't had his helmet on, he'd have a skull fracture. Hmm. I, I just, I see too many close interactions between vehicles and bicycles to, to, to ask, where's the helmet?
0: Where's the helmet? You're convicting me right now. I'm feeling convicted. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And what's do you happen to know the actual law? Is it once you're over 16, you can be helmet-free if you want?
1: I, I, I don't have that information in front got of me.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I want to say... So I have a daughter who's 12, and I let her ride on the trail without her helmet because she got to that age. She's about to be 13, and she's looking around, and it's like, am I really going to be the only dork with this helmet on? You know? And I was like, I, I totally buckled as a dad. But I think that's... Yeah, that's a... That's a good point, because the trails, you don't want to lose, you don't want the trails to become unsafe. Cause they are a beautiful alternative to the road. They do have lessen congestion. I know me personally, if I'm going to ride with I'll I'll bike from Lewis. Sometimes I'll even bike from Georgetown, just to avoid the parking and avoid the traffic. And it's right. it's a glorious ride.
1: Yeah, my my friend ran into a girl on the trail, flipped over the rail, broke his collarbone because she was pedaling on a on a not an a, not an easy-go bicycle, not electric bikes, but a, um, one of the townie bikes, they call them townies. And she had her phone in one hand, peddling with the other, and she just stopped and turned sideways in the middle of the trail. Oh, Lord. And he was riding 12, 13, you know, he wasn't whipping down the road, he was just taking a ride. Yeah. Squared to miss her and, and hit the fence and over the fence and, and there he went. So,
0: yeah. Do you, do you have any, can, uh, I, I, it's, it's a solid message. It's a solid message. Um, Do you have any thoughts on, like, will there start to be, like, bike trail cops at some point? Is that something you would even want to entertain? I don't think they're out there now. Like, I've never seen somebody with a sash or a whistle or, like, a little siren, you know, chasing people down for speeding.
1: The question would be is under whose authority? I, I have no clue right now. I, you know, and that would be, I mean... Okay, so you give a couple people jobs to be pike cops on the trail, but who would that fall under? In Cape Henlow, when it would fall under the park, but who manages all the trails going from Lewis over to Georgetown? You know, who's actually in charge of that trail? Del is building it, but yeah. who then will be in charge of it?
0: because you have all the towns, you just cross all these town lines. So it would be like, you'd have to have like a state cop that just has free reign and is pedaling around. Yeah. See, I I don't want it, but like, that's where I, my mind goes when we start talking about like, okay, now we're going to say electric bikes are okay. If you maintain a certain speed and then enough people complain, it's like, great. Now we have to get like bike cops out there. And we have to have speed traps <laughs> for people. And I'm like, I just don't want, I don't want to see bikes pulled over. You know, like Saturday, you catch them all on route one. All the tourists get pulled over for going whatever, 65. I don't want to see bikes getting pulled over and hit with speed traps on the trail. I would hate that.
1: I I, I would hate that too. And I, that's, that's as far, I haven't even looked at that. I'm like, Gotcha. It goes through the mind, but oh, no, no, that's not going to happen.
0: I like the bike trail. I'd love, I would love if a great use of money is just to extend shoulders. Although, so this is interesting though, too, because when shoulders get extended, people lose property, right? And I guess they're compensated for it. But I like when I see, so I caught myself because I'm like, oh, dude, I'd love bike trails on these back roads. And then I'm like, am I giving up 10 feet of my front yard so that I can have a bike trail? Like, that would really suck.
1: Well, and that's, you know, the roads, there's the requirement of eight feet for the road to have a travel lane. I do know that much is it's gotta be eight feet wide, but then you, it goes off in a dish, but is there enough property? Is there enough right way on these backcountry roads to take it out another two feet on either side? I, I, I don't have that, that answer and it would have to each one, I think each country road would have to be surveyed individually to, to come up with a a solid answer on that. Could it be done? Gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, I, yeah, that's a good point. Right? So the, like when I'm cutting the grass near that country road, I'm actually cutting state land. I'm not cutting my land because even if there's not road on it, part of from the center line is the states, right?
1: Yeah, it is measured from the center line out and exactly where that that line ends, you'd have to, to look at the actual maps,
0: yeah, to figure that out. Yeah, so yeah, that's like just a weird little visual where you think it's your front yard and it's like actually it's really not. Although like the people on 24, like I, I appreciate that 24 is wider, those homes were decimated, man. like where, where they're building the, they have the roundabout and they're um, they just built the I believe it's a hospital, it might be a cancer center.
1: Right. No, but on 24, they just built the the, the birthing center there on plantations.
0: Yeah. Past that. So you take, you're going on the old air before airport road. See, I'm from Sussex Mm -hmm. County, so I don't know any road names. I just know where they are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought it was a Bay health. So there's the oncology center at BB. And you're going yeah, west there, on 24. There, there's so
1: many of those things going in, but the roundabout yeah. is on plantations. That's in front of the the birthing center, and, and that part. But you go out Route 23. There's a yeah. roundabout. It so, just shows up. Yeah. It just all of a sudden, there's a roundabout.
0: Oh, dude, that 23 one sucks. Um, but what I'm talking about is where 23 and 24 meet, so that intersection. And there's the, a hotel that's built there. It's down the street from Dos Locos. Um, oh, it's yes, the back yes, way yes, from yes, Walmart. Yes, yes. So, those homes lost half of their yard on that 24 expansion. Like, those yeah, homes yes. property, Some of those people moved out. Yeah, a bunch of them did. And, like, I, I see it going down, going west on 24. You start to see these little wooden pegs and the orange flags on them. And they're, these homes are for sale. And you're like, that sucks that you're losing your property when you bought it. And I guess that gets a little bit into the sprawl that people get upset about. And I'm curious about your thoughts on like that balance of dude, clearly we need two lanes going each way. <laughs> like we need turn lanes. We can't have one lane where people making a left, people making a right. We're not hitting traffic lights. Like it kills traffic. But now I got to give up hundred feet of my yard.
1: And my clothes, you know, I, I, was, I hadn't even thought about that area down there yet, but that's actually in, in my area. When I looked at the most was up at route 16, where they're going to build the overpass mm-hmm. and they literally moved those people out, bulldozed the homes and they're getting ready to build, build an overpass. I mean, there's rules on the state acquiring certain land. They have to pay, you know, fair market value. They have to pay the price, you know, move the people out. So there's requirements put on the state. They can't just go and go, well, hey, eminent domain, we need that. We've got to build something here. Right. Because the domain case has been fought all over the Supreme Court in, in multiple states. And generally, the the homeowner wins and, and for the most part. They, you know, they lose every once in a while. But in the most part, the homeowner wins if the state is trying to just acquire land without Paying a fair market value without giving the people some other recourse on some place to live, uh, what are they gonna do, how they're gonna move out, what you know. Let's say you you have an acre at that corner and you have your house on that. Well, no, nothing's that big, half acre. You got a half acre at that corner and your house is there. They're taking 20, 25 feet out of your front yard. So now the road is you know 10 feet out of your front door well now your house is not livable yeah so they're gonna they're gonna bulldoze the house they're gonna move you out what do you do with that other you know 100 feet of land do you still want to own that or you're going to sell that all to the state at that time is that going to become state property again i don't have those answers and that information but those are things that those people need to be either compensated for everything and don't leave them a 50 foot stretch of land from you know plantations road all the way down to to you know route one because that would be what could you do with
0: it yeah nothing and it, it it i don't know man it just it's a weird balance so and and i'm, I'm not trying to hit you with like a got gotcha, you but i'm trying to think of like if you've got to make a decision What happens from a state level when you're like, hey, I keep hearing everybody wants me to fix these roads, but now I've got 20 people along 24, I'll just make up a number, who have homes that are calling you and they're like, man, I'm going to lose 100 feet of my front yard they're taking two and a half lanes worth. You know, this isn't what I want. And I don't care that I'm getting whatever, 50 grand of a check. I want my land. I, I want to be far away from the road. Like, how do you try to manage that? or balance that
1: that's one of them tough ones that you, you know you have to sit down put the people in a room and and figure out you know what's what's the use for the for the better what's the overall goal you know what are the individual objectives to get to your overall goal and you really have to educate everybody on what's the final, where am I going to go? Yeah. Okay. What's in a few? And I understand you want that, but what's it going to be for, not just you, what's it going to be for that thousand people that come in down here and you just have to, to essentially put all the cards down and start shuffling them and, and working with them to get people in there. Unfortunately for some folks, it does come down to the state going, okay, everybody else got, you know, $60,000 for that 20 feet, you're going to get $60,000 for the 20 feet of your front yard. And we'll claim it by him in that domain. And in those cases, they usually win. And then yeah. the person is, is out of luck. So the idea is to d- deal and to work and to figure out some way to get everybody, maybe not on the same page but at least get everybody reading out the same book
0: it's that is the situation that's one of those situations where i'm like if you got to make the decision how do you look someone who's lived somewhere for like 25 years and like hey man your house your yard's not going to look the same anymore and even if we give you the money like you're not going to buy in a better location <laughs> you're no, going to have to go to a worse location pretty much or you're going to have to downgrade your home or your square footage and it just feels like a loss and as we're pumping all this infrastructure money in that's what i keep going to is just the the individuals that get affected by the need of and the masses. right and the
1: individuals uh, and some of them you know. 25 years, 50 years, some of them, you know, the house has been handed down from, you know, one or two, three generations. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's not tenable anymore. And and that's, it's just something that hits everybody hard. We have to build, but we have to do it in a smart way. You know, and and I I don't have all those answers. Does it have to be that road? Can you come in from it from a different way? You know. What can be done? But each one needs to be treated as a person. Each one needs to be treated as an individual. You can't just say, well, John gave it, so you know Jim's going to give it up over here. No, John did his deal. Then we'll talk with Jim, and then we'll talk with Sally. So each one is an individual, has to be treated as an individual, respectfully. And we'll figure out some way so that everybody's, you know, I won't say everybody's happy
0: yeah. because maybe everyone's heard. Everyone feels heard.
1: Everyone's heard. Everyone's involved. I
0: yeah. Know. Yeah. Cause I, again, like I, it, the, the you're screwed. I don't, I don't want to harp on it, but like when you come down to it, the state doesn't have to have emotions or feelings. They have the law and it's like, we can claim it. We can take it. So the fact that you're at least trying to be personable and you're talking about having that relationship, talking with a person, I hear you maybe helping them to understand options afterwards is like, this. it's the best I can do, kind of a thing.
1: You know, we, the wife and I talk about that because of where we live and we look at what we paid for the house when we came down here and we look at, you know, what it's worth now, We're Like, You know, man, we should take the money and run. <laughs> where are we gonna go? Yeah. okay. We like it here.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: We like it here. We got trails. We got ocean. We got bay. We like it here.
0: Food's good. Yeah, what food's more great. can I ask for? It? Cash out refi. Um, yeah. So anything else road infrastructure-wise that you're thinking as um, a house rep that you'd be able to have an impact on or that you would advocate for?
1: Other, Other than, you know, let's get it done before all the building comes in. Let's add some, you know, some little bike lanes to some of the trails. And one thing I see, and I don't understand this, and it's just, a, it's a little thing, <laughs> but i ride down route one. Cause I, I do the Indian river bridge loop. I'll go down the Indian river bridge and back and it's 15 miles each way. When you ride down the road, they have the bicycle lane to go south. Cause they haven't marked, you know, for running and, and walking. Right. The bicycles are inside next to traffic and the runners are on the outside next to the weeds. Yeah. Okay, the next to the grass is on the side. And I have to ask myself, why? Why are not the bicycles who are going in the same direction of traffic on the outside away from traffic and the people that are running who are facing traffic on the inside so they can see that car. They can see the stuff coming at you. Hmm. They don't hear it coming down the rumble strip behind you. They can look straight at it things say, Oh, that car is getting too close. I can step off to the side. Hmm. I've always just, just ask myself, what, well, you know?
0: Yeah. I'd, what? I want to say physics. I don't know the answer, but I want to say like, if you're running like the two forces meeting. So if a bike gets hit from the back, but at least you're going in the same direction, maybe it's not as violent of an accident as being hit. At sixty miles an hour, it wouldn't make. It's going to be violent anyway. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Well, that's If you get elected, I'm sure you'll be able to call someone and you'll get an answer for sure. I mean, all I say <laughs> is
1: just switch the lanes. Just switch the lanes. I mean, the English do it. They drive on the wrong side of the road. What
0: the? Oh, um, we had before we got into the biking thing. You had mentioned something about Sussex County, and there was. A quote in the Gazette article, um, and you used the word subservient, which is super bonus points for all those syllables. But it was something like, (laughs) we're becoming subservient to Wilmington and Newcastle County elites. And I was curious in kind of like what ways, because maybe it is my slower, lower mentality. I've never thought of that. I know like the state always goes Democrat, even though Sussex County is mostly Republican. So it's like, yeah, that just happens but i don't know what you're thinking of when you say that we're feeling maybe a little subservient to Wilmington, Newcastle County elites.
1: Delaware in its history relied on what is called the four Cs. We relied on cars. We relied on chemicals. We relied on credit cards and we relied on chickens. <laughs> that was that was the money in Delaware. The cars have closed up and moved out. Denrek has managed to, to push the chemicals out. The credit cards are moving out because of the state requirements that they put on them. So they're all going to Utah and other places to do their, their credit card business, to do their, their, what they do. So the only thing left is chickens. What's the biggest item, biggest growth here in Sussex County?
0: Chickens. Buying up chicken farms? Oh.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, chickens. Everybody, you know, you want to grow. To, we have multiple, you know, chicken plants around and everybody grows chickens. Now, tourism is becoming big because it's there. But still, so when I say uh, the Wilmington, and I did talk to a neighbor and she was very emphatic, and I, I God love her. She told me I, I shouldn't use the word elitist for the people up north, but, but they, it, it, she told me it had a bad connotation. I, you know, I thought about it and I said, yeah, you know, you're right. So we just, we'll just talk about the the folks up North that look down on us because we are lower. So they're looking (laughs) down on us. They say, whatever you do down there, you know, whether you, when you're buying your new homes and you get your, your transfer tax and, and the chickens coming in, you, you take that money and you send it up here you'll make a short stop in Dover and then it comes up here to Wilmington to support Wilmington. Hmm. And we're like, wait a minute, we need support down here. You know, It doesn't need to all go to Wilmington all the time. Well, you guys didn't want it for a long time. And now that, now that you want it, you just can't have it because, you know, we're going to take our toys and go home. And I get that feeling sometimes that, that it is a little bit of, you know, the Wilmington is there, and then you have lower slower Delaware. Hmm. And we just, in our meeting with department of education the other day, we heard the same thing out of them. Well, you guys just live in Sussex County cause you want to live down there. You know, we don't, you know, we, we got to deal with Dover. We got to deal with Wilmington and and Allen. No, we're one state, you know, we're, we're one together that needs to go. So that, that was my, my. Going at is that we are, with everything that's going on here, supporting the rest of the state, and it'll run out sometime.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you're thinking of Sussex County as kind of uh, a little bit of a generator, and so we're generating money and tax revenue that you don't feel is coming back towards the state. That's I, I, going I truly to, don't
1: feel it's coming back to support Sussex, Sussex County.
0: County.
1: You know it, the the. the yeah, the transfer tax is done. The state gets their fair their share, and, and the county, they get some of it back. You know, But I just don't see it. I see much of it, whether it's the education, whether it's the highways, whether it's DENREC doing, doing their, their natural resources. They're pushing stuff north. They're not pushing things down here. Hmm to the Sussex County and especially to this area, 23 new restaurants in Rehoboth this year. Why? Cause they can't keep up with the way that the tax system is, is based here. Yeah. We don't have an income. We don't have the sales tax. Yeah. Okay. We don't have a sales tax. All the businesses have a tax that hits before sales tax. So it's, it's a sales tax. It's just not put on the end. All that money goes to Wilmington. People can't afford, they can't get employees. They can't afford to buy the food. They can't afford to do the items and they, they leave. Somebody else will come in, but to have 23 new restaurants in a year, a lot of good places to go eat, a lot of new places to go eat. We need to fix that.
0: So how would keeping or having more money in, in Sussex County and less in Wilmington, how would that do that? Or what does like a state rep do to help the restaurant turnover?
1: Yeah, and I've talked with a couple of the restaurant guys and I have some interviews scheduled with a few more to go down that road, but they need to lessen the burden on regulation. Um, I just watched an article the other day about a guy trying to take food scraps from different restaurants to do instead of it going to the, to the landfill, to do composting with it, which is fantastic. And and I'm all, you know, let's support that guy. Let's give him some seed money. Let's get him going out. Let's bring this back. We need to go But the restaurants themselves need help with their employees. Uh, You know, there's several new rules that have been passed on pay $20 $20 to go work the grill at Taco Rio, $14 to start at, at, you know, Wendy's, McDonald's.
0: So can I, just to emphasize this point, this blew my mind. I had a kid, a 19 year old kid from Cincinnati, Ohio on the podcast. He's a sneaker head. He's really big into sneakers. He works at a factory that produces, it's like a metal fabrication factory. So if you need a certain type of bolt and you need a million of them. He's the dude that makes them and he, whatever, they make the standard, it comes out. So part of that job is like you're a polisher and you finish off and get smooth edges for a Yeti cup. You know, just think of whatever you need, a bowl set for a kitchen. He was so excited that in six months after training, he was gonna make $16 an hour. And I didn't wanna break that dude's heart to tell him that Taco Bell right across from Walmart was starting at 16 bucks an hour. And I'm like, that. that's why do we need our Taco Bell at 16 an hour? Good for them making 16 an hour. Like, that, it's great that you got money, but I feel like they have to pay that much because, like, how does the Taco Bell person get there? How do they live around here close enough to come to that job? So I, I just wanted to emphasize, like, it is amazing how high these businesses have to pay their employees the, the, the salaries, the, the hourlies. It's insane. I don't know how they make a profit. Or keep things affordable. I don't want to pay ten I don't want to pay twenty five dollars for a burger.
1: <laughs> no, I you know, we went the other day and had two burgers, two fries and a coke. It was like twenty-five dollars. I'm like, no, that's you know, but but that's paying that money and the people coming in, you know, that's the old adage of, of supply and demand. And I think because of COVID from the last couple of years and because there's not affordable housing here, which is again, a, a, an issue that the County's working on very hard, the state can assist the state state can come down and give seed money and can work with the County to make this thing happen. But if the workers can't get here, you know, the young lady that we uh, met at the restaurant that we used to go to well, we still go to it. Um, very nice young lady. She lived in Salisbury, mm. and would commute up here with her friend because they couldn't afford to stay here. But at the same time, because of the COVID, the state started paying all these people extra money to stay home. It's
0: not working. You had your
1: unemployment, and then you had your COVID unemployment on top of it. So why am I going to go back to work and make ten, eleven dollars an hour? when I can sit at home and get my unemployment check, cover all my bills and have a little, you know, little beer money. Why why even go, why go to work? So let's take that COVID money and put it into the restaurants and let him get that new machine. Let him, you know, yeah. If he has to pay people 15, $16 an hour to get them to come to work. Well, you know, that's going to happen. You know, but that's that—that's the whole, you know, being in a uh, uh, in society that we do things, and and as we go with the inflation rate, inflation is going to kill us all. Yeah, it's
0: it will. Um, is that COVID unemployment still happening?
1: I believe the state—the last I heard of the state of Delaware was stopping adding that that stipend onto the unemployment. But there was, there's there still, there's so much COVID money, billions of dollars in COVID funds that was never spent. It's just sitting there to be used. Wow. There, there yeah, there's, there's lots of money that the feds have given out that's never even been, been touched.
0: And the, um, and I'm very ignorant to the minimum wage. It, it, this is going to be like a really stupid question, but like each state gets to set their own minimum wage that's above the federal if they want to, correct? Correct. Okay. The
1: federal minimum wage is $9 an hour. Delaware has set theirs. It will be $15 an hour, I think, in two years.
0: Okay. Yeah, I thought it was so around 13 or something right now, um, yep. but I knew it was going to 15 And when you were talking about the wages, I'm curious about for that, against that, because again, it's like it's like the front yard thing, right? Like I, the masses need this road. I don't want you to lose your front yard. Like I don't want people who work to not get paid well. But at the same time, me as a consumer, all I think of is the business person isn't going to eat that loss. The business person's going to pass that on. And now a dishwasher who used to make 10 or 11, I, it's great that you're not making 15, but it, dude's working, whatever. That's 80 extra bucks a day. All of a sudden that a uh, restaurant has to, find somewhere.
1: Every place that that started this and it started out in Washington uh, state up. the, the $15 an hour minimum wage put people out of work because one, the companies couldn't afford to pay 10 employees, $15 an hour and to cover their medical and everything else that was required. So first thing they did was cut everybody back from 40 hours a week to 35, 30, 35 hours a week that cut down on the health insurance and the other insurances that they had to pay on their employees. Then when they continued on, they said, well, we can't do 10 people now, but we'll get, you know, 12, we'll get eight people, seven people. And they let people go. And now these other people have to work twice as hard, but you know they're only working 30, 35 hours a week because they, it it's all structured with the way the number of hours. And I actually read some information. I don't know if it was Washington D.C. or state of Washington or Oregon. One of those. They want to make the standard work week 30 hours instead of a 40-hour work week. Standard work week will be 30 hours. And that, and then force all the employers to pay the same insurances and same everything else for a 30 hour work week that used to be the 40 hour work week. It's, it's becoming a, if you've ever read the communist manifesto and and some of these other books, that's, that's the Soviet system. Hmm. You work everybody essentially in the end, you're working for the government. Government tells you how much you're worth, how much you can have, how much you can spend, where you can live, where you can go. And, and, you know, we like the free enterprise system and, and get people out and let people work. Well, let's encourage them to work. Let's help them to work. Let's get them out there and let's get them doing things, but don't, don't penalize people for working hard. Don't penalize a business owner because he puts in, you know, 80, 90 hours a week in his business to, to make a business and, and to make something for his family out of it. Many of the business guys in, well, you're doing this podcast, you know, how many hours a week do you put in above and beyond, you know, your quote, 40 hour work week?
0: Yeah. So. Well, that was actually going to be my point. So I'm a teacher and I believe um, our union, our negotiated contract, actually work for Cape. um, And I think it's, if I do extra, it's like $32 an hour. And when I heard that minimum wage was going up to 15, I was like, I do this, whatever, like proportionate, like percentage. And I'm just going to call it a straight up 10% raise, right? So you go from 13 to 15, that's about a 10% raise, a little more than 10%. I'm like, so is my job now just double minimum wage? I'm, you know, like, I'm like, do I get a 10% raise as well? No, okay, because I did the degree thing. Now, like, my earning potential isn't capped because we're looking out for the bottom, which should be looked out for, but like, shouldn't everyone kind of benefit? Shouldn't we have just a wage increase, not a minimum wage increase? If we're gonna increase wages, like, give it to everybody. Why, why just minimum? Why be yeah, yeah. classist with it? And it made me feel like my degree was worth less and my job was valued less because I can leave and I can go to Taco Bell at 16 an hour with a lot less stress and responsibility, it seems like. Not as good benefits, not as good schedule, right? There are perks. There, but are, there are perks. There are a lot of perks. But like that's where it kind of stuck in my craw a little bit where I was like, Oh, I don't like that fifteen an hour minimum wage, man. I just really don't.
1: I, I, you know, to me, you could take the minimum wage right off, right out of any Delaware regulation. You could just throw it away because businesses will have to pay a, a the prevailing wage. You know, is the prevailing wage above what some people refer to as the living wage? Because you get to all these economists come in and go, well, a living wage is, is this amount here because people can't afford to live there. Well, you know, $15 an hour, you're not going to live in Lewis unless your parents, yeah. you know, have a house, okay? But you can live in Harbison.
0: Unless you're squatting. <laughs> uh, well, unless you're squatting. We,
1: we I've, I have seen some of that. No but, no you know. If, if you go west a little bit, you know, you go towards Harbison and you go towards Milton and, and Milford and those areas in there, you can get something nice. And it's not that, it's not that big a commute, but should those people have to do that? Yeah. I, you know, it's, 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 it's not, we, we've built this area over here that it's, entirely relying on
0: service. Well,
1: this particular area, Lewis, Rehoboth, this whole, my, my, my district that I want to represent, you need bodies on doctors, nurses, lawyers, uh, and vacationers. And that's that's the people that can afford to live here.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely an upper middle-class to upper class. Um, vibe because that's the the industries that are here. Uh, I want to ask about, because I guess we're kind of talking about regulations. And if you ditch the 15, is there a federal or state law about the hours to receive benefits? Because I've never looked this up either. So if the employer in the example cuts from 40 hours a week to 30 because they have to pay a higher wage and now they get to escape benefits or social security. I'm not even sure how that works. Are you pretty familiar? And like, would you have any power to advocate for anything?
1: I can advocate for any of those. I'm not exactly 100% sure. I know they can't, uh, they cannot escape uh, social security taxes. You can't get away from that, but there are certain other benefits. uh, um, Health insurance. You do have to have, um, um, you do have to have insurance on people if they get hurt at work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to have that, but there's other benefits that people often buy into through their company, whether it's a health insurance, dental vision.
0: or a retirement that, plan is what I'm thinking too, but I don't know if like minimum wage people are kind of doing the retirement plan thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: A lot of them, you know, and again, that was the should the government be involved in retirement planning, social um. security, or should the government give money to people in their paycheck, give them their, their monies, they take out and let them invest that in a plan. Um, some places are doing that and they take their money and they invest it for these people coming down the road. I think the whole idea of, you know, this whole, whole social security all came out of the 1930s, the, the dust bowl, nobody had any savings, nobody had anything. And the government became the sponsor for everybody. Yeah. And it's, it's, that animal keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. <laughs> it does. What, what's, the, what's the solution to that? You know, if, if Congress hadn't figured it out in, in, well, this is in the last 90 years, you know, I don't know if I can figure it out overnight, but we'll give it the old college try.
0: Yeah. So um, so then would the state, would you be able to like submit a bill, bring up a bill of, hey, we wanna give benefits regardless of hours worked or like drop an hour limit to whatever, 15 hours a week, you're eligible for benefits kind of a thing or is there a federal
1: I I do not regulation. know if there's a federal regulation on that, but if I go in and tell a business that you have to give the same benefits to your person that works twenty hours a week as you do the person that does forty hours a week. Now I'm cutting into his his side of the house, into his, you know, gotcha. His business. I'm cutting into his 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 bottom line.
0: It's, it, Carl. It's really it's interesting. No win situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a bridge to build somewhere between it. It's really interesting to me that you seem very pro-business, but most of your work has been for government, which is almost like an oxymoron, right? Like it, it's it's a weird, to me, a juxtaposition that you're a very business advocate, yet you're a government guy. You
1: know, my degree is in business.
0: <laughs> okay. My,
1: my minors in accounting and my, my master's in, in business. Uh. So, you know, and I look at businesses and okay, so yeah, I, I did work for the government, but everybody around here is a business, whether it's BB Hospital or, or Taco Rio. And, and everything in between is a, I know, I think of Taco Rio because I like them, but the, <laughs> the, everything in between is a business. You know, my bicycle stop that, that, that will fix my bicycle tire when I, you know, get my second flat of the day and I don't have an extra tube. And they're like, okay, dude, I got you. So, but they need our, our support. They need our backing. And whether it's helping them with employees, whether it's taking extra COVID money that came down and pushing it down into the community, into the businesses so that they can, you know, hire that two or three extra people so that they can, take the people that they had to cut back to 30 hours a week so they can save on some benefits. They can bring them back up to 40 and pay them a little extra benefits, put them back on the health insurance, put them back on their insurance rolls. You know, there's multiple ways to make this happen and get done. This area right here is reliant, totally reliant on the service industry. You know, from... (laughs) It's the appeal of the bicycle store yeah. to, to the people that, that clean the hotels to, you know, the police officers, everybody here is relying on the service industry. And you know, the, the people around me that, that work at BB, they're providing a service to everybody else. And all these other people are providing a service back, you know, it, it, It's whole country is
0: that's, that's, you know, we're service. That's what we do. We're servant servant leaders. aside from, um, reallocating like COVID money are is there any sort of like regulation that you would bring up or something you would look to like take away to help businesses?
1: I've talked with, with Steve Schmick, Ernie Lopez, and I, I talked with Dallas, uh, Wingate, who's running in the 20th district next door. And I've talked with both the gentlemen that are running for the fourth. We'll figure out in September what happens there that for every new regulation that we put in, whether it's through Delta, whether it's through DENREC, whether it's through department of education, every new one, I'd like to put a regulation in it says for every new regulation you put in, you got to take two out.
0: Yeah. That was my rule for my daughter with back to school shopping. I'm like, yo, every t-shirt you buy, you're getting rid of two. <laughs> <And that's, laughs> Closet's too full.
1: <laughs> you know, people are, are there's, um, it, it's like 1,600, 1,700 pages of the regulations that these restaurants have to, have to go in. Anywhere in there, somebody can look in and says, well, you didn't do this. We're gonna close you down.
0: Mm.
1: That's, you know, it would take you, if you even speed reading, it would still take you, you know, a month, To get through the regulation and some of them contradict each other so let's let's level the playing field let's smooth out some of these sharp edges that have been put in here on these people some of the as you mentioned earlier some of the gotchas we don't want the gotchas out there we want to help the people to make themselves better and it doesn't matter who they are my military training and my marine corps training my army training and then working for the va for another 19 years after that with veterans every day the whole idea was to make it better for everyone around you i don't care what you do at home i don't care who you you live with stay with i don't care what color you are none of that has any bearing. My only concern is can you do the job that you're asked to do and can you do it well? If you're, if you're not doing it right, were you not trained properly? Hmm. Can we, can we help you out? Can we go down that road? You, you talk as a teacher and that was, I taught emergency medicine. So, you know, and you go down that road, Sometimes there's more than one way to get a point to somebody, but yeah, I, those, all those other items that people talk about, you know, no, I'm all about, can you do your job? Can you do it well? And if you're not doing it well, what can we do to make it better?
0: And it doesn't sound something I was thinking about as you were explaining that almost with 16 to 1700 pages of regulation, I'm like, man, if you added another page that if a business has figured out how to be successful with all that, and then you give them another thing to worry about that screws with their business plan, why, why would you do that? So I can understand, uh, it's kind of making sense why you wouldn't add to it if people are making it work, businesses making it work.
1: Business Businesses need, this state thrives on business. You know, the state budget is is essentially divided into three. One third of the budget goes to schools. One third of the budget goes to Medicaid, Medicare, and the other third goes to run the rest of the state, the state police, you know, and everybody else. So we need money. They're the single largest employer in the state is the state government.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you put the chicken
1: plants all together, they would be bigger. If, if you take all the different chicken plants,
0: okay. they, have,
1: they have more people. But, you know, they're individual companies. You have Purdue, and you have Tyson, and you have... I think, forget what the other one is. Mount Air. But you have all these different companies, so they're not that big. But Delaware State Government is that big. Does it need to be that big? Yeah. Man, I... Question. I,
0: I would say, administration-wise, it doesn't need to be so big. The thing... I get worried about when people are like, hey, make government smaller. As a teacher, I, I hate the bloating. And what I want is I want a unit count change. So if I can just advocate real quick and tell me what you think about this. There's funds basically per kid. The, um, there's a unit count, right? I believe it's 18 kids gets you a teacher. It might be 22, but I thought I had heard the word 18 regular education students. There are other students that were served sort of special... Receive special education services that are have like a different pay scale. So if you're highly intense, you might qualify for one teacher and one additional support. But I'm going to keep okay. it simple with 18 kids equals one teacher. Okay. There is not a classroom you're going to walk into that has 18 kids and one teacher. Most of your classrooms are going to be 20 to 25. And I've you're in honors classes sometimes with 30, 35. And what I don't understand is when I hear people say shrink government and that education is a third of the budget, which is true. I agree with both of those. I get so fearful that unit counts are going to change or as a teacher, my class is going to get larger. And if anything, what I want money poured into, I want to be around 12 kids. Give me 12 kids instead of 20. And I'm bringing up standards because all those kids are getting feedbacks. The behaviors are lessened because it's not as much of a density. Why do do most cities have a lot of crime? Because of density. You know what our classrooms are? They're freaking dense, man. They're overcrowded. And if you remove that density and kids got space to wiggle and not bother the neighbor next to them for 45 straight minutes, there's not going to be a confrontation in the hallway later on because the kid hasn't been getting all upset. And I'm, I'm not trying to, again, get you with a gotcha moment, man. No, I, yeah, but I understand the where you're talking. I, unit... I was talking
1: with Bradley Layfield. He, he was talking the other day. He's running over in the fourth uh, against Dr. Halofsky. Dr. Layfield is the uh, principal at Sussex Central High School.
0: Y'all, do talk about crowded. And
1: he, he was telling me that when he started there, there was 1,600 students. When he became the principal, they were up a little over 1,800. And he says, this year, they're almost up to 2,500 students. Insane. And, you know, Delaware is currently spending a little over almost $16,000 per student on the year. Um, there's one special school here in, I forget, it's on, uh, Sussex Consortium.
0: Consortium, yeah, it's off Sweeper yeah. Briar Road, they had just built that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, their average is $75,000 per student. Yeah. But th- so
0: those but are the students with. It's special. Yeah. It's special autism.
1: And they do special special items there. But if, if, you know, if we're spending this much money per student in the state of Delaware, why
0: are we, do we keep dropping in the national rankings of education? I'm not to be a bragger that uh, what I just said is exactly why because our class sizes are way too big and dude our school We don't have any other class to put kids in so even if you hired even if you doubled the amount of teachers The infrastructure would not support Cutting classes in half because I don't have a classroom I don't have a class you'd have to throw fields of trailers out there because there was some sort of formula That didn't allow schools to build for growth. I don't know if that's still the case but like that was a weird maybe regulation thing, if that's a passion of yours. Something to be looked into. Yeah, to figure ah, out. Hey, man,
1: maybe I need to look into
0: that. Is that, would it be terrible if, <laughs> like it always weirded me out that they were like, would it be terrible if every school had like just 10 empty classrooms for just in case? I know we're not using them now, but we're building it. We might as well have it in case we need it. There's a natural disaster, at least we got some shelters for people or something. But then if we up our funding, hey man, look, you got a class of 28? All right, we're gonna hire another teacher and then all of a sudden it's gonna be a class of 14, they're gonna be down the way. And the more kids get individualized feedback and attention, the smaller the group, the more questions they're gonna ask, the less socially awkward they're gonna feel. Again, just city analogy is perfect. I I'm telling you, why do these Montessori schools and these charter schools do extremely well? Class sizes. It's limited. limited. They limit the class size. Limited.
1: I, I have to say, you have you're talking about more students in your class than were in my entire graduating class.
0: <laughs> no way.
1: Uh, we had 18.
0: <laughs> Where did you graduate from with 18 kids?
1: Uh, It was was the Friends School in Indiana.
0: Oh, wait, the Friends School in Indiana. I feel that's, why do I know that name, the Friends School in Indiana? Because
1: there's a Friends School in Wilmington. There's a Friends School in every state. Oh, really? And sometimes multiples.
0: Okay. It's
1: it's run by the Quakers.
0: Got you. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So, and it was the, my graduating class was 18. 12 girls, six boys. (laughs)
0: There you, dude, that's a solid ratio. And we were the
1: single largest class in school, and our my school went from the fourth grade to the twelfth grade.
0: And so were the eighteen of you all in class every single class together? Like you had one teacher together? Or did you actually get split up and had even a smaller ratio? No, we were
1: over? we were we went from classroom to classroom, but all eighteen of us, yeah, went around. But we went to school all year round.
0: Okay. So yeah, dude. I'll but, t- 18, from what i from what I know, 18 is about the max. After the after 18, I believe it's a diminishing returns. Like if you cut 25 to 22, there's no a statistical impact. I I feel like 18 is that magic number. There was another like Malcolm Gladwell does this in his book. Dupont actually got credit for this. Um, 144, where Dupont kept their numbers in their factories at 144, and they wouldn't increase the factory. They would duplicate it and just have the next factory running and cap it at 144. And it's what made him successful because everyone knew each other. So if I had an issue with a chemical and I couldn't get it produced or transported, I knew who the transport guy was. I knew who the custodian was. I knew who the shift manager was where you get too large. You don't know who solves the problem and well, it kills a business.
1: Interesting. You bring up 144, which is 12 12s, right? <laughs> and you have, you know, those groups, um, doing emergency management and all that we've always been told that that one person can only really manage six people if you start getting seven and eight people you need another person to help you to manage so it's all about breaking down if you break down 12 12s it comes out to two sixes you got one person and you got five people underneath each one
0: Yeah.
1: and everybody as you just said everybody knows everybody
0: yeah And to me, man, I, my fear with government spending, if I'm bringing it back to schools is you look at your population growth and it happens as in col. it happens in colleges. You get administrative bloat and administrative bloat are the high, they get paid more than the teachers. So it eats up more of the budget. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, how come my kids in a class of 34, but you have five district office people that are never around these kids and you've got one teacher that is dealing with all of them? I might this have just gotten thing. myself fired. I'm sorry.
1: No, no. <laughs> I, I, this is one thing that, that might get me my my, my you know, foot in the butt going out the door, but I asked myself this question. Delaware has three counties.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why do we have nineteen school systems? I'm gonna nineteen you know, directors, nineteen entire different so staff.
0: A superintendent. I I believe there are superintendents according to open open the books or openbooks.com. Where, because it's public record. If you're if you're a state employee, you can look up my salary. You can look up anybody's salary. Mm-hmm. I believe there are superintendents that make more than judges. I don't think more than the Supreme Delaware Supreme Court, but I believe they make more than Superior Court judges. I'm talking like hundred and seventy to two hundred thousand a year for a superintendent. And those are how 90, many
1: teachers could you hire for that? Nineteen At people. One.
0: At least two. I do. I, I, so I have a. I have a doctorate and I believe my base salary, 17 years of experience is $90,000 this year. So if you're looking at a a bachelor's, new teachers, you might be able to squeeze three, two definitely with benefits because they're making 50 grand.
1: But why do you need?
0: Yeah. And they have an assistant. That's just
1: my question. Why do you need 19 superintendents and all their staff? All their staff. Now, I don't want to put anybody out of work. Okay, because that's not what we're here for. We're not here to put people this... out of work, but we're here to, to put a balance on it. And they told me one time, they said, well, it's because people at Seaford will not talk to the people in Laurel, and the people in Laurel won't talk to the people in Delmar, and Delmar definitely won't talk to the people in Cape, you know, because the, the everybody has their...
0: Local emphasis.
1: Local emphasis. But in terms of...
0: Curriculum. You
1: have a principal. You have an athletic director. Why do you need a superintendent to manage one? Well, you know, around here there's only one school district, has two schools, and that's in Den River. They got central and, and two central. high schools. So it's I I think there's a there's a bloat in the leadership, as you say. Okay, so let's say you take 19 down to five. Okay, you just say 14 you know, and, and $200,000 a piece, mil.
0: Three mil, you
1: saved a lot of money and you can put teachers and other stuff into the school. You know, again, I'm not trying to put anybody out of work. You know, that's not what we're here for. That's not, I was told to stay yeah. away from that. And, and I am, but it's just one of those <laughs> things from my business side. It says, what? why, Why? do, you do I need all these different people to hire, to, to, to buy toilet paper, to interview? Well, does the superintendent interview every new teacher? Does the principal do that? And the assistant principal? How many assistant principals does Cape have?
0: Uh, it depends on the school. So the middle schools with 700 students have one assistant principal, one main principal. I believe all the schools except for the high school, elementary included, not the consortium. So just the al- regular, uh, your... Cape Schools, the consortium is under Cape, but um, it, it's, right. it's 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 a state funded it's and so 100% of the funds come from the state for the consortium. Um, so yeah, every school, but the high school, I believe the high school just qualified for an additional fourth. I think they have five total principals, four assistants. So they have four grades in the high school. Each principal basically gets a grade, which has about three, each assistant gets a grade. I believe it's about 300 kids. Then there's a Principal overseeing the school. I don't
1: know when I went to school. You had one principal, one vice principal.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's how the majority of the schools are, um, at least for middle school and elementary. But I, I I I go above that to the district office levels, and I this is where I get contradicted. Like, this is where I get messed up. Is like I like local control. So if Cape decides they want to put a swimming pool in and have a swimming class because you're near water, why would Seaford want to put their local funds towards us having a pool to save kids from drowning? It may, like, that makes sense that Seaford would want whatever Seaford's into. Or, like, Lake Forest is huge into agriculture and they want to grow cows. We don't really do a ton of ag. Like Woodbridge, they have a beautiful farm facility out there. It's gorgeous. They're FFA... um, does amazing things with goats. Like, we got some goats, but we ain't got goats like them. We don't do goats (laughs) like Woodbridge. But, like, it's a different lifestyle. And I like the fact that we have our own little board. Because if you consolidated a superintendent, you'd almost have to consolidate a board. So instead of, like, I believe there's seven people on CAPES board, you'd, you'd have one, right? Each district would have one board member, basically. Like, that's where I start getting... I I start understanding why we have our own administration. And that's
1: that's exact flip side of that because of the the individualities of each community, community and each area with their special needs and everything else that they want that would get lost. Yeah, if you 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 did that. So again, you're we're back to. Where do we find the balance?
0: I, dude, I feel – I what you were talking about with like hiring or you were – like for me, I think of like curriculum. And in different districts, they teach different curriculums. Like these things get bought. They get sales pitched. You know? Why – like would it be terrible if everyone in Delaware had the same reading curriculum and it was just like – We didn't have to figure that out and we didn't have to put our resources and Indian River didn't have to put their resources and Woodbridge and Seaford. We're like, can we just, but again, now we've lost local control over our students. We have the ability to give this to our kids. You know, like it's a very, I don't know how I would land if I had to vote. And that's what amazes me about people like you when it comes down to one school district for Sussex County or keep them. Yes or no, check a box. I'm like, ah. It's, it messes me up.
1: It's a, uh, it's a rough, it's a rough road to go down. And, and both sides are, are very poignant. Both sides have an argument, you know? So how, how do we, how do we interact and make these things happen? I do like your, your concept though. I, I did not realize that, that each different district had their own curriculum
0: yeah there,
1: there you know to me uh, there's a certain reading writing and, and, and arithmetic you know the three r's we used to call the three arithmetic you know and they always right. said it with an r instead of an a i know <laughs> i don't
0: know why
1: they put arithmetic instead of arithmetic but okay after the basic three r's then you know woodbridge will have as you said do it with, with their agriculture they'll have have specialty items that are done out there you know Seaford because they used to have the nylon plant but i i don't know what's exactly coming back it looks like some things are coming back they might start a stem program yeah you know kate might have a stem program or as you mentioned they might put in a swimming pool carpentry to swim but then somebody go why don't you just go down to the bay and teach them down there throw them in (laughs) you know how many kids come to school Unless
0: they they come from someplace else. How many kids come
1: in and don't know how to swim? Yeah, I
0: don't know. If they live here. I don't know. It was a huge thing um, when they built that high school, um, when they tore down the old one, where the basketball courts, the outdoor basketball courts are. Like, there was a real push to get a swimming pool there. And um, Sussex Academy has a swimming pool. Um, We, Cape does not. And um, I think people look back and they're like, that's a regret. Like, we should have just... At the time, it was super, super conservative. People were very worried about tax increase in property taxes. Like, But when you look back, like another community pool, um, it's also a little bit of a revenue generator too. And it supplies jobs. The custodians love it because they get overtime. Talk about like livable wages. You have a ton of people who live for, come in, rent our pool out. You've just created six shifts for custodians who get right. paid time and a half. And you've just given money to Cape because there's a facility use for him. you know? So like, I don't think it, in the, the hindsight for the voters, um, referendum wise, um, it, uh, it made sense to them. They were just worried about I'm already paying more. Why would I keep paying more?
1: My high school actually built a swimming pool and we saved a boatload of money because the students built it yeah. under the direction of the school. I love that with the proper, you know, with, with management and people there, you know, I, 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 could bend conduit for electrical. I know how to carry hot, I can carry brick, you know, I, I learned how to, to do all those different things. Now there's certain things that had to be done by engineers and, and special people, you know, setting trusses and stuff, but you know, this, the students themselves built the pool.
0: Yeah. Apprenticeship. I love that idea. Like have pathways.
1: You want to build a pool? Okay. Come on, boys. Come on, ladies. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Who's interested? Who's in that pathway? Let's figure it out. Let's make it a two-year project. It'll be your senior project.
1: You can. And, you know, going back to your your student, not every one of those kids needs to go to college.
0: I like that you're saying that. don't want to go to
1: college. You know, I I can look back at, at... some of the other kids that i know that have not gone to college that you know they fix my car you know they put the fence into my backyard
0: got my ac running right now thank you
1: and, and <laughs> you know they they apprenticed and they do these things and you know i remember my mother when i was a, a lad what do you want to grow up and be a ditch digger well yeah look at him now they <laughs> are making money hand over fish yeah because you know some of them, I'm sure some of them went to college, some of them probably did. And they got out with, you know, I, I don't disparage anybody's degree, but they, they got out with certain degrees that they go out and I'm not making any money on this. And they start, you know, slinging a shovel and next thing you know, they're like, Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So, and that was something that we talked about with, I talked with Dr. Layfield about is forcing all the kids to take the exam at the end of the year and then asking why the the numbers come out so low.
0: So that's part of it too, because I believe other nations, not all children go to school. And I can tell you some of the kids that we force to take that test. And by the way, do you know that if a kid gives zero effort on that test, do you know what the consequences for a kid who gives zero effort on a standardized test at the end of the year in June? Do you, do you know what happens to them if they just click a for everything and they're done in 10 minutes when it's a three hour test, I have no clue. Nothing happens to them. So what incentive for that middle of the road to low engaged learner, if there is zero consequence for poor performance, what incentive, I I think of myself as a 13 year old boy, so I don't go to summer school. So this doesn't affect my grade. Why do I care? Why am I going to put in three hours? I already don't like reading. The only reason I do it is so I I don't get kicked out of school and you don't keep calling my mom. Like I'm fine with a 70. I hate books. And you're like, I I can deal with you because maybe you're not into reading. Maybe you're into bending conduit. Maybe you want to build a pool. You're going to be great. I got to teach you to read. But these kids take the test and every single one of them has to take a test. I think the standard is like, you got to have 95% of your kids tested. And it's like, dude, I guarantee you 10% of those kids, 15% do not care they don't care if they get a hundred on that task well it's a four three two or one they don't care if they get the lowest scale score or the highest scale score they just want to be done with it because there's zero consequence for poor performance
1: and that but the the, the, the zero consequence on the student yeah but then it comes back on the school leadership and True. it comes back on you know when you're saying well we need more money well why are you why are your grades so low?
0: It's half of your teacher evaluation. Yeah. It's half of your teacher evaluation. I'm evaluated as a competent teacher. I'm at risk for being put on an improvement plan if a certain percentage of my students do not perform proficiently. And that's- it's on me. And you're like, this is a weird system.
1: <laughs> we had some boys do that. Went back in the day when I joined the Marine Corps way back long, long time ago. I, I was my draft number come up number five and I said okay they're not going to draft me in the army I'll be, tell them I'll join the Marine Corps the I went in and took the test I did my best possible on the test I wanted to get the job I had I, I started off as an air traffic controller but we had two guys in there that were sitting there that they stepped up and they said you know mr. Smith mr Jones you passed you're going to the army and they said I know I didn't pass the test I know i didn't pass and it was later when i did some recruiting duty that i found out that there were actually two ways to pass the test you could pass it by trying really well and working or you could pass it by marking too many wrong answers because if you do any of the answers wrong you were either a cretin and we could tell by looking at you, you weren't <laughs> <laughs> or you knew what the answers were and you were intentionally marking
0: them wrong. That is so smart. <laughs> and oh, you passed, dude. That's so awesome. Like, okay, I I never. So I also served national. This is a stupid little side tangent. I was in um national guard. I actually went to national guard, and it'll lead to my next question about education. So I joined national guard to get my college paid for, which I love. I went to ROTC. I, I, these people who complain, and this is my soapbox about student debt from their college loans. I'm like, you, there are, there are options out there. You could have gone to community college. You didn't have to go to college. You didn't have to take your degree where you wouldn't earn whatever. I was never so proud as when I had a standard of, I want to be a cook. And I take the ASFAB and the lady's like, you, your score is higher. You have to do something that requires more intelligence. And I'm like, so wait, I'm smart. Like I can, I can do this. And like, it was one of those things where my my expectation was low, but because I really cared, I, I like outperformed. It's just one of my funnest memories. Um, so you know,
1: back in the day, back in 1972, when I, when I took the test, I joined Marine Corps, I wanted to go infantry because hmm. back in 1972, they were offering a $1,500 bonus oh. to go, imp, to go infantry Well, in 72 $1,500 was you know, you know, that's like getting a hundred thousand dollars today. Really? And, but they call me in the office and they go, you know, you do like foghorn leghorn is that boy, boy, come here, boy, you don't need to do this. <laughs> and and I said, He goes, I'm going to make you an air traffic controller. Give you something you can do when you get out of the Marine Corps. I said, no, 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 I want to go infantry. I want that $1,500. He goes, no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Know.
0: yeah. You want I'm, the skill. Gonna we'll give you a job you
1: can do when you
0: get out. Yeah, I got into signal. I thought I was going to put up, um, basically I thought I was going to run wires for Verizon because that's why I learned I threw up radio antennas, signal core for a while. Um. So the reason just sticking with education because I love to go on tangents and I try to be more structured, especially if um it's not so conversational because this is a little more focused. Education wise and secondary education, I love the fact that I don't like when stuff is given for free because I don't think a lot of people value things that are just given for free. I think people value things that they earn or things that they have skin in the game in is the same. Is, I, but at the same time, I do love the SEED program. I love that Dell Tech, if you get decent grades, you're a Delaware student, you have the option to go to a community college and you get that paid for. And if you get all of a sudden, you change in life and you become a serious student, which was like me, I, I was terrible in high school went to college, I'm on Dean's list, I'm getting my doctorate and master. Like I'm just, I I became somewhat of a scholar. Do you have stances? Do you have thoughts on like secondary education, free state colleges for everybody, tuition assistance, student loan forgiveness, is any of this in your wheelhouse or matter?
1: Student loan forgiveness is a fiasco. There's no reason to forgive anybody's student loan if they, you know, if they go to college and I, I won't get into the, the different degrees, but there's many degrees that kids go to I, you know I got, I got you know I got a, a bachelor's degree in the study of color purple. I got a bachelor's degree in reading Shakespeare. Yeah how does that prepare you for real life having to get out? and make a living. Who's going to to hire people, you know, cause I look at many of them, but they have spent their, their, their family money. They, they've taken out loans. And that goes back to not every kid needs to go to college for the longest time. And it was probably your parents at the same time. You know, everybody said, well, you know, my kid needs to go to college. Yeah. I didn't get to go my you know, or I went, my kids are going to college because that's what it's going to be. And now a lot of people strove for that. They pushed kids into college, but did they do those kids any favors? Yeah, I, I don't think they did a, there's a lot of them. I don't think they did a favor to, they, they probably actually hurt them. They, they put them in debt, but you know, and I think, you know, state colleges are, are way overpriced the way it is in any, any college to me, they're, they're way overpriced. When you look at at what's coming out of them, the making stuff available to kids, going back to your point of, if you earn something, it means more to you than if somebody just hands you something, you know, that's the old, you know, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach him the fish and you feed him for life. The same thing. You need a skill. You need, uh, you need a life skill and you need to do something. And, but if you earn it, you know, uh, with the state going, if you have a C average or better, well, for some kids, that's going to be a struggle, but they can get there and they can make that. I don't know. Do they have to keep it when they're there? I don't have that information. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But as as long as they're striving and, and working forward towards an ultimate goal, with their little individual objectives each year, something they can accomplish to get to this ultimate goal. Okay. I'll help them out. Okay. But if you're just going to, to you know, this is party city. Uh, um, you know, you see of course, you probably know kids too, that, you know, they go to college and all they want to do is party and spend dad's money for a couple of years. And then they drop out and, and they go about their business. That's, you know, you don't, I want to reach down and pull people up. I don't want to just stand at the top and throw money at them. You throwing money in a problem doesn't fix the problem. Yeah. Reaching in with a helping hand and saying, "How can I help you? Let me help you. Let me help pull you up." That will solve a problem.
0: I. You know what I just thought of? It'd be really interesting. You, you were talking about like you have discretionary funds right and just the, the budget so I can get blank amount of dollars to give out at my discretion wouldn't it be awesome if schools or counselors or even teachers were like gifted each year you're whatever senior you're a teacher in high school every teacher gets to give a kid a state school, scholarship that they feel has earned it that has shown their merit and proven worthy because like who better would know those kids versus like free school for everybody and I understand there'd be like nepotism right collusion like I I get some kids so you got to work out the details about like income requirements or stuff like that right like I understand that aspect I don't want to give rich kids free school people who can afford it and take it away from kids who can't but who want to go But instead of like what you're saying, just throwing money at anyone who wants to come to school can come to this state school. And I fear that's what's going to happen. I like, I would love if the people who are with kids could be empowered to, it's a bad term, the word gatekeeper, (laughs) but to reach down and be like, dude, you know, I see you working, man. I believe in you. You get a free ride, kid, because our state is flush with cash right now. You get a year in college because we have a surplus of a budget. And, like, what a great use of building an economy, of empowering people. I mean, I'm too utopian, right? Like, I'm too. Does that make me a leftist?
1: No, well, that, that, that makes you realist that you're saying that that person you're talking about earned that yeah, position, right? wasn't given to him, he earned it or she earned it. And and to, to be able to help. And that's always a good feeling. I I know when I, when I teach, like I said, I I taught medicine. And when you see quick analogy, I see people that, that teach math and people that teach history and people that teach English, they're very, they're required. And, and you need those, especially in medicine. You need, you need math left and right. But when do you get a true understanding back that the teaching you did, that person fully understood and fully knows what you're doing? Maybe 10 years down the road when they write a book, they're in business, they say, hey, you know, I'm a vice president here. Whereas if I, I teach you emergency medicine, and I'm teaching, this is why I like teaching medicine. If I'm teaching you how to do CPR and I'm teaching you how to stop the bleeding and I'm teaching you how to do certain items in in the field of of emergency medicine, and you stop by a vehicle accident on the way home and you stabilize a person and you bring a person out, I have instant feedback and gratification (laughs) that what I'm teaching has an effect on somebody it comes. it's, it's instant. I don't have to wait, you know, a couple years to see if, as you know, and, and as you say in, in the classroom, it you got to wait till the kid gets out a couple years before you see that. But if you have, of course, it, Cape is in this area, but if, as you talk, Woodbridge, you got the farming and you got the kid that does the farm and you see him go out and, work on the, the family farm and you see them striving and you see the kid that's doing a STEM program and he's going into, well, DuPont's not there, but he's going in one of the other companies in Seaford area that, We're that's coming in.
0: Even starting his own,
1: you know? Even starting his own company. That's that, that feedback that makes what you do uh, uh, real. You're going, ah, yeah, yeah, I got that kid going. I got that kid started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're around them and it would just be such a, such a nice way to utilize information. Almost like you would turn your teachers into informants to identify students with potential and desire, but the money of going to college is the hurdle. And maybe they're smart enough to not want to take on student debt. But if you could somehow, instead of just making college straight up free, somehow say dude no you you can get a year
1: right. we just have to to be careful then that we don't And I, in talking with you i realize you're not a person that would do that but are there people down the road that would then oh yeah <laughs> as the class goes focus on a couple of the students they think well these kids are doing fairly good i'm going to focus on them and forget the rest of them you can't
0: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, You know who I would be? I would be the guy that would tell kids, yo, I can get you into a $40,000 a year school for free. So whoever wants to start bribing me with gift cards, you got it. It's yours. <laughs> whoever gives the best Christmas gift, however many Chick-fil-A gift cards I get from your family this year, you will be the scholarship winner. I don't know. So I'm sorry. That's just a stupid little joke. Um,
1: well, but I, I understand. And that that's just, again, that's one of those side things that,
0: yeah, but it could you know, happen. Yeah, okay.
1: This is a great idea, but how do we prevent people from taking advantage of it?
0: Right. Um. Anything education wise? I know that was a little bit of a tangent. I don't know if like secondary education, um, got into anything. But anything else education wise that you wanted to touch on?
1: I no. I think the uh, um, you know, we there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this area. Um, other than. The fact that we managed to get back in this area, monies that were taken away from from the seniors when the state was in a little bit of a deficit a couple of years ago. Um, if you're over 65, there's a, um, a you have a tax break on your your taxes up to 500 dollars, and a couple of years ago they lowered that to 400 dollars because the state said they needed more money. Hmm. And we managed to get that $100 hmm. back this year. Um, we, on the Republican side, we're trying to get up to 750 because the state's got over a billion dollar surplus. Right. And that didn't happen. But we did get it back to, to the 500 So, so you know, we're going there.
0: Um, and you had moved here seven years ago. And I want to say this happened in 2008. And this will be the last rant I have on education. Just, I guess, being a teacher and being in for 16 years, I guess I'm passionate about it. There was a time early on in my career where a teacher used to get nine graduate degree credits annually for free. So I could take University of Delaware classes for free when I had my bachelor's on my way to my master's,
1: Okay,
0: which was awesome because that's why I started getting my master's because they're expensive graduate degrees, graduate credits, (laughs) right?
1: Well, BA paid for mine, but
0: okay. Yeah right so a lot of school districts have reimbursement within the contract but you might get one class covered a year right now how do teachers make more if you're talking about building a middle class they make more when they get graduate degrees and years of service so every 15 credits i get i get pay, i get a pay bump and every year i teach i get a little bit of a pay bump but really the pay bump is in me getting graduate credits i believe in 08 when the economy collapsed they took away the nine credits, the nine credit availability annually. And I've never heard anybody talk about, we should bring that back. And I'm like, why would you not want teachers? I love it. Yeah, please man. I'm t- Cause if you talk about, you're going to take master, you're going to take graduate degree classes, graduate level classes to better your instruction. How's that not going to help kids? And then you're giving teachers who are working, you're raising their income. So how's that not going to go back into the local economy? You know, teachers are super local people. They spend their money local. Um, we're not we're not jet setters. We're not traveling the world for the most part. We we just want to go to the boardwalk.
1: You're going to eat at Chick fil A down yeah, the road. No you're to, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we're going to stop by Agave over here. Hundred
0: percent. So, like, it's one of those things where I feel the government, if they could add back and you encourage the education and you give teachers uh, help up with, hey, man, you want nine credits, you want to get better at teaching, you get nine credits a year at University of Delaware for free. With all the remote infrastructure that's built now, you can go to Dell State, go to Dell State, go to Dell Tech. I don't think Dell Tech offers graduate credits for themselves. Go to Dell State, go to University of Delaware, any state school, you get nine credits a year. At your discretion to be a better professional i really miss that
1: and and i you know just thinking about the first thing that popped to mind was well in a couple years all all the teachers will have you know doctorates and they'll all be at the top of the pay scale (laughs) but at the same time every year there's new new people coming in people going off the top and there's people coming in at the bottom so it would be a constant Constant step, 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 moving up.
0: Yeah, because whatever the number would be, so if you got nine free a year, you need, what, 30-some to get a master's and then basically another 30-some to get a doctorate. So maybe you basically could ensure within four years, if you want to, you can get a master's degree as a teacher and now you're making at CAPE, I think that's like 55 to 60 a year. Talk about solidifying middle income, middle class income. Yeah, I
1: was looking at, I think I think a doctor might be 42. I don't know. I, I was yeah, looking at, at the uh, University of Maryland Global Campus the other day, and they said, oh, yeah, you need, it might have been 36, but you need this certain number of, of credits, none of which are transferable in, so you have to take all the credits there, and you're yeah. $1,000 of credit. I'm like, okay, that's going to cost me, yeah. it was going to cost me over $40,000, and I said, nah, okay,
0: yeah. I'll do something else. Will Muse $1,200 a credit. So it's $3,600 per doctorate class when I was getting mine. And that was almost 10 years ago at this point. Like it's really an, it's a disadvantage for someone at lower middle class to get a graduate degree to bump themselves up. It's an investment in themselves and you really have to sacrifice. But if you have your kids and you're thinking about lifestyle, it's like, it's hard. And if you just make it a little easier, I don't want to like belittle the point or just um, keep going on. But I think that's something the state could give back to those employees that I think would benefit kids. When teachers go to school to learn how to be better teachers, kids get better because you learn better techniques. You remind yourself of how to do pedagogy.
1: This this is my Twitter <laughs>
0: quote. That was a long time talking about school. Sorry about that. Oh, that's a beautiful dog.
1: This is Gizmo. <laughs> Gizmo says, hey,
0: what's
1: up? I'll be there.
0: Go ahead. Go yeah. see Go see Gizmo. I'm sorry to keep you from Gizmo. Um, yep, yep. I feel... So can I ask you a real... I don't know how hard of a question it's going to be for you to answer, and I'm not super smart in um, even knowing the intricacies of it. But with Roe v. Wade and the states having to pass abortion rights, I feel like if I didn't ask, I wouldn't be trying to. Delaware
1: has That's not a state issue at at this point. It's not a Rehoboth issue or or that. That whole Roe v. Wade, all I did was push things. The only issue that came out of Roe v. Wade was that it's not a constitutional right. It's not in the U.S. Constitution. right? Looking back, there are several states that have it in the Constitution that says it's legal and several states that have it in their Constitution that says it's not. Okay, Delaware happens to have it in the Constitution that says it's legal. So, you know, short of changing the state Constitution, which I don't see that happening, that's the only way it would go down the road. My only take on that is that, that if it's constitutional and that's your choice. I'm, I'm not going to tell you yay yeah or nay because that's your choice. But don't spend my tax dollars doing it. Don't spend you know my Medicaid dollars. Don't spend my welfare dollars. Don't spend government-funded dollars on it. Is plan- want-
0: Planned Parenthood included in that or am I wrong on that thought?
1: Uh, Planned Parenthood gets money from a lot of different sources. And I'm sure some of it is government. Gotcha. But, you know, don't, don't spend government dollars. No, those government dollars are for, you know, the women and children funds. Those those dollars are, you know, for the people that need that, that next MRI or the guy that needs the leg brace or the guy that needs the leg amputation from diabetes or because he couldn't get his insulin. So let's get him the insulin earlier before he loses a leg to diabetes. But yeah, you know, don't spend don't spend government money. You want to spend yours, fine.
0: So when I think of a counter to that, and it's it's why I love talking to people like you, because it forces me to have to think how I would vote. I think of a lady if she wants if she wants to get an abortion and if she's on Delaware's Medicare, and she doesn't have the opportunity to get that abortion, now if she has a child, isn't it harder for her to be a net positive to like the government from an earning standpoint, as insensitive as that sounds? Or now this child is another person that's probably going to be system dependent where the mother was trying to avoid having this child. That's like one of those scenarios where I feel is it, it it's the counter you go to for your argument, right?
1: Right, but it but that, that goes into that cycle. Of, yeah, uh, there's no, um, there's no end to that. It's a constant, constant rotation of. The government is paying single moms that have children a certain amount of stipend. If she has more children, she's going to make more money. But, you know, and it's just, it's it's a vicious circle and there's really no end to it in sight.
0: That's a good point though too then. So if the government is having to pay for additional child support to single mothers, but if a mother wants to seek an abortion through her state-provided medical service or insurance, wouldn't you want her... To have that, yeah, so that- I, I,
1: just, I just don't think that, that we should spend government dollars to be the birth control police for people that don't use proper
0: birth control. Protection.
1: Don't use, you know, don't use the proper protection. I, I you know, those, those, some of those discussions get very arduous and, and very hot on both sides as people go down the road, you know, but every little, you know, every little teenage boy and teenage girl, Oh baby, I love you. That's, you know, that's just, it's nature because the hormones are going to flow. Things are going to get done, but somewhere along the line, we have to use some, you know, common sense to make things. Okay. Do they hand out uh, condoms in school? You know that brings up a whole new new world. When do they start teaching kids about this? You know, what Where does that come from? That's those are items that need to be looked at down the road, and I don't know what all the state requirements are for when they start, when they don't start, what's available, and what's not available. I, I don't I don't have that information.
0: Do you happen to know, um, and I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about a lady who had, um, in Nebraska, I believe she got arrested. She had an abortion at 26 months. And I thought they mentioned Nebraska's law was 20 or 23 months. Do you happen to know the term or the duration where um, you were unable to get an abortion in Delaware?
1: I I do not. I, I don't have that.
0: Yeah. Man, when you talk about that kid, what I, the the kid who the boy who's just like, "Oh baby, I love you," like the old Meatloaf song, back in the day, like, yeah, like that was one of the first songs. I didn't even realize what I was singing to when I'm listening to it. Paradise by the Dashboard Light, I think it was called. And like I think of that kid and now for 18 years you may be on the hook for child support as well, which is debilitating to your income. And I guess I think of the consequences if a person, if a if a lady is not provided the option to have an abortion if she chooses while receiving Delaware insurance, Delaware provided insurance. I don't know if I, because like, does Delaware insurance cover condoms or birth control pills?
1: I, I don't have
0: that information. I'm sure,
1: I, I it's I don't know.
0: Yeah, man. Like that, that again, I just see that visual of that ticket and like, how do you vote? And in my head, I can't, I'm fucking, I think I would say, yes, I think I would lean on the side of yes, a lady should be able to use her insurance to have the abortion if she's choosing. I think that's the box I would have to check.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure.
0: Dude, I believe in that for sure. I'm also a believer in how foolish kids are in a moment. <laughs> yeah, <so>. Unsupervised <laughs> moment on top of it. <laughs> we'll get there. Got you. Um, so, Please, Carl, I, let's end on this. And it's been a long and wonderful conversation. I was looking at like past um, for the district, like voting numbers. And it seems like basically it's always been two to one Democrat to Republican. As far as in 2018, 2016, when there was a Republican candidate going against the Democrat, the Dem was at about 63%, Republican at 36%. So then I looked at like, how many votes are there for you? And basically total, there's almost 22,000 votes out there for you. And it seems like you're going to need about (laughs) 10,000 now. Well, there's, I
1: need to knock on doors. I need to go out and and talk with people, um, get some items set up. I'm I'm trying to set up a couple of fundraisers because this whole thing is expensive. It, you've got to buy the signs and the buttons and the shirts and everything else that goes out there and, and make your time. But I truly think it's a, it's a winnable situation. Uh, Looking back at, especially this last year with a couple of bills that that Pete signed off on um, going down that road, the gun bill being one of them. When he told the state legislatures, he knew what he was doing was illegal because they were breaking the state constitution. It was against the state constitution when they signed the the gun law,
0: they knew that. Explain that to me, because I'm unfamiliar with that. Because
1: the state constitution says that you can can have and have these weapons in your hand you know it puts no limit on how many it puts no limit on the age and puts no limit on magazine size and there was there was four things that that put a limit on they raised the the age to 21. okay my wife and i she can kind of go along with that okay They said that you, you can't have any magazines that hold more than 17 rounds. Well, you just put 50 people out of work over in, in Georgetown, because there's a manufacturer that makes magazines for the U S government, for the military. No way. They're 20, 30 round magazines. But if they can't manufacture them because they're now illegal in the state. Okay. You, you put all these people out of work, um, there was something that Jean Brady and I forget the exact wording, wording that went along with one of the other rules. And I truly need to go back and look at it again. But when confronted, not just, just Pete Schwarzkopf, but the woman from the Senate that's uh, the head of the Senate when confronted and said, you know, the rules you're passing here are violation of the state constitution. They said, we know we'll see you in court. Oh wow! And you know, how do you represent the people if you're knowingly violating the constitution going into something and to, to make an issue. So I asked him and I started looking that, Oh, one of the other bills that they wanted to do was hold gun manufacturers liable through the seller to somebody that did something stupid. Mm. Somebody goes out and, and shoots somebody, that, that's being stupid.
0: Yeah. Lockheed Martin is responsible never, for that. In my yeah. entire,
1: all my careers, 44 years of government service, seen a gun get up and shoot
0: somebody. Yeah. Would you hold somebody, knife manufacturers responsible it, if someone were stabbed? You know, like just the logic gun, doesn't the make car, any is sense. It, is it the
1: knife guy? Is and it the car? Where I, I, went, hit run? Run? I went to look at school shootings. they're heinous and, and they make headlines because they kill a couple students at a time, 10, 20, Uvalde, uh, up in Connecticut, these areas, these are, these are very heinous actions because of what happened. There's a lot more students killed across the country, but one, you know, and usually after school or someplace else, not at school. So you look at all those numbers, And there's just at 199, 200 students have been killed since 2000 in mass school shootings. At the same time, every year, over 2,500 high school students die in cars. Hmm. We know they're not supposed to drink till they're 21, but they're drinking at 15, 16, 17. Okay. They're not supposed to speed. They're not supposed to go down the road. So are the kids, are we going to hold Chrysler? Are we going to hold IG Burton responsible because the kid bought a Jeep, went out, partied, had too much to drink, drove it in the tree and killed himself and his neighbor or, you know, the other kids in the car with him or, you know, do we look at that and go, where is that line? Yeah. Where, where is the line between, personal responsibility and stepping up and saying, yep, I did it. I'm responsible. And, oh, it's not my fault. Not my fault. There, There's a, a point in there that we need to look at and say what's going on.
0: So when I hear that, I feel like that's very good. Just trying to go back to the voters, right? Because those are two things that I, was completely unfamiliar with. I had no idea that a Georgetown manufacturer is no longer to manu- able to manufacture.
1: Well, they're still working right now, but you know, it, it's all in the courts right now.
0: Gotcha. But Jane
1: Brady, who has filed the proper lawsuits over that, and the Voting Act.
0: So that seems very pro-typical Republican, which apparently there are about 7,000 of those votes available to you. There's 9,000... 400 Dems in the district that are probably not into that but there's this group of 5,000 others that I had no idea about and I'm curious how many of those others I'm another so I'm a registered independent because I don't like to be associate I like to talk to people and see where I fall how many of those
1: and the the one thing I look at and one thing that I go because I talked to the guy that owns the gun store in Rehoboth And they're actually moving up here on Highway One. Yeah, next to mine. Very nice young man, state trooper that runs the store. Of the number of Democrats that are in his store buying guns and buying weapons for self protection. Really? Okay. It's it's not limited to Republicans going in to buy weapons. Okay. Hmm. Uh, all the colonialists that that when we separated from England back in 1776, you know, I I tell my friends when I show them a picture of George Washington, the, uh, on the dollar bill that, you know, when I worked with the English, I said, you know, you know, we had to to kick your butt twice, you know, so 1776 and, and, you know, 1812. But it's not limited to one group of people. Hmm. People need self-protection in there. So it's, it's. So that's I'm a pretty big difference. Those people that say, one, I want to support the state constitution. I don't, I don't need somebody in office that knowingly violates the state constitution and says, oh, we'll see you in court, because I need somebody in there that will support and will take my ideals up there. Now, as you say, with, with that whole group, Lewis, Rehoboth, uh, um, Dewey, and out towards Henlopen Acres and that whole area. There's many different ideas, you know, and you, you can't please everybody all the time, but you have to be able to take their different ideas and their different agendas and their different thoughts and bring them together. I'll use another one of these big words I learned, homogeneous kind of process and, and put it in and mold it so that it becomes something that everybody has input into. Maybe not everybody's happy. Maybe nobody's happy, but nobody is to the point of they want to burn the place down. Everybody knows that they're part of this and they will do what they can to help support it. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm after. Is that those people that step up and we go, I need something different. Pete Schwarzkopf's been there for 20 years. Been elected 10 times. A couple times they didn't even have an opponent.
0: Yeah, 2020.
1: <laughs> you look at uh, um, Einstein's definition of insanity: doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. The same guy in, year after year after year. Are you getting something different? Is, is it time for something different? Do we need to change? I think we need to change. I think it's time to change the narrative, and let's get something new. Yep. Remember, the Democrats of today are not the Democrats of John F. Kennedy. I love John F. Kennedy. I thought he was a great guy. I was kind of young when he came around, but I remember. But his quote Ask not what you can do for your country, but what, ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for the country? I see the same thing here. Don't ask what Sussex County, State of Delaware, Sussex County, or this region can do for you. What can you do to help the 14th, the Sussex County, and the State of Delaware? And that's, what I'm, that's why I'm
0: here. Serve. Make it better. It's there anything else that differentiates you from um, Pete that you'd like to emphasize? Because the gun thing to me is, um, I I had no idea that it was that um, stark of a contrast. The voting
1: bill that they passed, which is also now in court, um, the early voting, okay, but the the permanent early voting, and and we saw this back in in 2000 in the last election. Everybody said, uh, COVID, I want to vote from home but you could stand down in front of Walmart and see them all queued up to go into Walmart. You could see them over, you know, at the five and dime all lined up to go into there, but you couldn't go down and line up to vote, which is the, the most important thing that you can do.
0: Yeah. So to emphasize your point, it, it, it was funny. I was looking back at the notes and he had 7,800 absentee valid ballot, absentee ballots voted. He had 5,000 machine ballots in the previous two elections before covid he never had over 1300 so like that that availability that extra basically 5500 votes to vote to just mail in you wonder how many are people who are actually here and part of the community and how many people that maybe own a home that it's like easier for them but they're not as invested it was just a very weird i did not expect it to be seven times the amount he received yeah. seven times that, that the amount of absentee ballots,
1: you know, and, and that's, that's something that we have to combat. And we, we have to, to say, you know, is this legitimate? You know, we're one of the only countries in the world that votes on a Tuesday,
0: <laughs> why does that matter? Most
1: other countries in the world, they will vote over a weekend when people don't have to work, oh. they'll vote Saturday and Sunday. They don't vote on a Tuesday. You give everybody an opportunity to vote. You got two days, boom, 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 everything's done. In some countries, it's required to vote. And uh, we used to see that in um, Iraq and a couple of the areas that I, I worked in. When the people had a chance to vote, you knew who voted that day because you voted by sticking your finger in an inkwell Blue. and then touching it on the form, you folded the form up and turned it in. And when you walk outside, everybody's standing around with their finger up because it, it was purple that's ah, right purple from the, from me the so you could just hey, everybody voted you know who was there you know we don't there's no requirement in delaware that when you go in to vote you can say hey i'm john smith i'm here to vote I'm, I'm in this area right here and they'll look you up okay but just i heard it on the radio just the other day they were handing out food packages in georgetown And to get a a free food package, you had to show a driver's license or identity card, proof of residence. To get food. But you don't have to do that to vote.
0: Oh my God. Dude, I'm trying to think back. Do I not have to show my ID to vote?
1: They will ask you. And I always just whip mine out because I don't know. It's not required.
0: Holy shit. Are you... Why don't I know this?
1: Because most of us...
0: Just do it. You have an ID,
1: you just walk in, you show it, hey, I'm John Smith, here. AMC. Yeah.
0: So then there's, in court right now, there's something about permanent absentee ballot voting that's going on right. that you would be against, that you're well, saying There's no
1: reason for permanent. If you can stand in a queue to go to Walmart and during the middle of COVID... You can take an hour, two hours. We'll—I'll send a car around for you if you need a ride. We'll send a car around for you. Yeah, you know, so, we have them. The Republicans have them. The Democrats have them. The Independents have them. Everybody's got people that will do that for you. If you need a ride? We'll come and get you. We'll get you down there.
0: Got you. So you don't like the argument of convenience. It's just easier for me to do this. It's my on-demand voting. It's just more serious. It seems like it's more serious to you where you're like, this is a pretty big deal. So you can inconvenience your life a little bit, stand in line, and put a vote in. It, you
1: know, yeah, that, that's, or oh, it's, it's more convenient. You know, and they they tried to actually push through the fact that you and I could vote as we are right now wouldn't even have to mail anything in. He'd just go online and vote. Imagine what a computer would do. Actually, uh, Robin Williams made a movie about that, or a computer screwed up the vote.
0: Did he really, I got to check Yeah, it
1: out. It was, it was, it was a funny movie where he was a comedian, said he was going to run for president. Oh, I and
0: Slightly remember that.
1: Yeah, And he won because they figured out that within the computer, because all three candidates had double vowels, double. A consonants in her name and it screwed up the, the system and it made him it said he won so he was the president for like a week till they got it all figured out and then then the real the real winner came up and and he stepped away happily because you know it was robin williams he stepped away from the whole yeah. thing it was funny
0: man dude that's hilarious i'm gonna have to check that out god r.i.p robin williams um so gun law voting bill is there another any other differences between you and your opponent you'd like to emphasize?
1: Not not right at the moment. I, I like I said I personally don't so, know Pete. I'm told that he mows his own grass. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm told said he I'm told he mows his own grass and I mow my own, so I I guess he can't be all that bad a guy if he does that. Uh, if
0: you're doing yard work. So here'll be the last question, because I believe Mr. Schwartzkopf definitely voted against. Delaware, um, it's not decriminalized, legalizing marijuana.
1: Legalize. He voted against it because of him being a state trooper. And I'm actually working on a, uh, they sent me a, the Cannabis Society sent me a, a survey to fill out for them. And I talked with my campaign manager and he, uh, we sat down and went over it. And he goes, yeah, we, we should answer these. I think there, there's, a place for cannabis in society. Some people are are firmly against it because of a lot of other things that come down the road. You know, you start handing out cannabis and other things come in and, and lead down the road, but there are people that need it. There are people that want it. We don't want to be the Colorado of the East coast, but my issue with the cannabis bill as it's written now is that it limits the sellers to specific state entities.
0: Yeah, there was a limited amount of licenses, which seemed very monopolistic to me. When I look at the microbreweries, I, I was like, that's bullshit. It's gonna get handed, it's gonna be good old boy system handed out and it's not gonna be a I'm small back to business.
1: business. Small business. Yeah. It's like that's what market. I wanted.
0: It's a weed. Shouldn't I be able to like if I can get it regulated or tested, man, let me have a shack if we're gonna legalize it. Let me try to start my own microbrew, like Miss Pillion, like Revelation, like Dewey Beer Company. Why That's, can't they be you the next grow?
1: Acapulco Gold or whatever it is you want to grow. You know, and, but you know it's like anything. There's certain requirements, certain testing would have to be done down the road. But put it to the small businesses. Don't don't monopolize it with just a few locations. It, it's back to, as you said, putting people to work, putting people into business getting people out there.
0: So would you vote yes for legalizing marijuana or pot, but you didn't like the bills limiting the entrepreneurship of it? Is that
1: if they, if we can change some of that language, I, I, you know, I'll go with it. If we can change some of the language, because I want to see people get to work. I want to see people do that. Now I don't know if I want to, meet one of these guys on the, on the bicycle trail when he's smoking a doobie, you know, (laughs) you know, that's, you know, I had a dog that we used to used to talk. We always talked about, uh, it was a beautiful dog and he was he was, he was magic. That was his name. He was magic and he was a magic dog and he would go nose to nose with deer. You know, they wouldn't run from him. He didn't scare them. And when he met other dogs and when he met other people, he was so mellow it's like dude let's go smoke one because he was he was <laughs> such a mellow animal that that he could feel if you felt bad he knew it and oh. he knew how to react
0: to you Love and that's comments. what I,
1: i'm working with my little gizmo on yeah. he, he'll get there but he's a pup
0: yeah he's yeah that puppy energy is unbridled man it's beautiful um but those mellow dogs that those just natural therapy dogs are yeah, amazing was. companions
1: The fact that you're a dog
0: guy, I mean, makes you fit right in by the beach, by the way. Um, So,
1: Carl... For me, I've I've never done any of that. uh, um, The only drugs I take are the ones that my doctor gives me (laughs) to keep me straight and, you know, an aspirin. So that's about it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I was very disappointed just from a standpoint of the... Bill gets passed both houses, gets to the governor, the governor vetoes, then with the numbers who voted yes could have overridden the veto. And then people backtracked. I was so disappointed by the fact that they couldn't, if a yes is a yes, make your yes a yes, man. All of a sudden this dude vetoes it and now you're gonna back out. I did not get that concept.
1: And a lot of it has to do with, with one of the things that Pete as the Speaker of the House has done. Um, we looked at the number of bills that were submitted by the Democrats and Republicans and a little over 90% of the bills submitted by the Democrats. They come to Pete speaker of the house. He signs to what committee they go to. They go to the committee, they go to the budget and then they come around and then, you know, they go through the whole work But just over 30% of the ones submitted by the Republicans. It doesn't matter if it was a good bill or bad. He just chooses to sit on it. And if he doesn't assign it to a committee and never gets read, it never gets heard, nothing ever happens. And wow. I don't see that as the responsibility of the speaker of the house. The speaker of the house is responsibility. One, he tries to keep all the rest of his Democrats in line. That's a, that's one of his jobs from the democratic side, but in this, the bill side, his, his is to look at it, read it and assign it to a committee. He's not to be the backstop that, or the shortstop that, that keeps everything in and says, well, I don't like this one, so I'm not even going to send it to committee. That's not his job. His job is to assign it out to a committee so that it gets read, looked at. The committee can say, nope, no, that doesn't need to go. But the committee has Republicans and Democrats on it together, working together. Not a single entity that's sitting back there going, "Oh, nope.
0: That's really how it starts. So if you proposed a bill, the speaker of the house gets to just pocket it and not on the, on the house side.
1: Yeah. It goes to the speaker of the house and, and he's, he assigns it to a
0: committee. And if they choose not to, there, there's no like time limit. Like, Hey, when you get a bill within 90 days, you have to assign it to a committee. It's just completely it's to, But if
1: it doesn't get assigned at the end of that time, it's okay. It's just out of, out of the pile.
0: So the bill itself has a shelf life. And if it doesn't as get assigned life. within yeah, that as shelf, shelf life, life, but there's no requirement yes. to assign it before it expires, no. That's some bullshit, man.
1: Senate has the same same thing on the on the Senate side. They have the same thing. Your Senate bills and your House bills.
0: God, so that like.
1: <sighs> now the ones that come from the Senate down to the House, then they're going to get assigned out because they need to be. Yeah, because they've guy. passed and the again. They all have a time limit in them.
0: And this is going to be a really stupid question, but I already know the answer, right? So like, if you were to win the 14th district, you're not the Republican speaker. The Dems would just elect a new speaker. So that problem in essence is still there.
1: Well, and I had one guy tell me that one time as I was walking around (laughs) knocking on doors. He goes, um, he goes, I have to, to, he goes, I'm a Republican, but I got to vote for Pete. I said, why do you have to vote for Pete? And he goes, Because if, if you beat Pete and he's no longer Speaker of the House, the woman that would take his place is from Wilmington and she's even worse than he is. Uh. <laughs>
0: so,
1: you know, it's like, you know, it's better to sit with the devil I know than the devil that, that may be there. Right. Now, if we get six seats, then the uh, the guy that's the, what do they call him, Republican, the pro tem, the, the head Republican, on the side, he would become the speaker if, but we'd have to win, you know, all we'd have to win six seats and, and gotcha. so we could have a one, at least a one person majority. Gotcha. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, as they told me, he goes, you your, your first year in the Senate, you're not going to do anything except learn. Yeah. You're I are not t- going to get any bills. You're not going to get anything. You're just going to soak up knowledge.
0: Yeah. Get on some committees and just understand the process. You know,
1: get on committees and do some things and, and, you know, try to hold some feet to the fire and and get get things accomplished, but find out from the people what they want, how to do things, what is going on above and beyond what we can see, what you and I can see, what I can see walking around out there. We have to get beyond that and get into the, the, you know, you talk about the macro, the micro and the macro. Yeah. So you know we can see a lot of this. Let's look at all this.
0: Yeah, dude, something I've I've loved is um and people won't be able to see it, but like when I was speaking about teaching, I noticed a couple of times your demeanor, posture, you could just tell you were really trying to listen and understand. You were processing. And I, I like I truly don't believe it's just because you happen to be on a podcast. I, I think it's cause that's kind of your nature when you hear someone who's talking about something they're passionate about you, you, you hone in, you know what I'm saying? Like you leaned in your body language. Sh- I don't know. I, I felt like I was being heard and it was just very nice.
1: Oh, and that's, you know, that's what people need, need to, to feel. Yeah. You know, if, if I, if I sit back in my chair and it's like, yeah, okay. Didn't <laughs> you be like, ah, he's not even paying attention to me. Okay. Let me cut this short. Wasting. But you know, I, I, I want to hear what's going on. I want to understand because one, I want to give articulate answers, but two, I want to make sure that, that I understand what you're asking so that, you know, where we go and what I can do. I'm, I'm counting on this, getting me some votes. I'm counting on this, getting people involved. You know, my, I hope my phone rings off the hook, you know, and all <laughs> these things. I, I've got my own website up now, so I'm, I'm there. I'm ready to go.
0: Awesome. And, Carl, what we'll do is we'll put all like contact info, website, social media stuff. Um, we'll put that in the pod's description. So if people are okay. listening and they want to get a hold of you, um, that'll be in there. Um, do you That's have any? Scary. They
1: can donate there too.
0: <laughs> Dude. The do... So I had Lee Murphy on, and um, the donation difference between him and Lisa Blunt Rochester was night and day, millions on millions versus hundreds of thousands. And you see how much that matters with just buying TV airtime and putting up billboards. Like you were saying, for you, it's like signs and buttons. And for him, it's like airtime and billboards. And if you don't get money as a candidate, it is a severe disadvantage. Severe.
1: Unless you have very deep pockets.
0: Yeah, unless you're providing it on your own.
1: Yeah. We got a couple of those around here. But we'll, we'll see on the 13th what happens.
0: Um, any closing remarks, Carl? I know I've been. No,
1: I I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, you know, doing this in the evening so I could get everything else done and go over and do my other TV interview with WBOC. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing this come out and it'll be a great and wonderful time.
0: Awesome. Well, Carl, thank you so much for your service as a veteran, and then thank you for serving again just to be an alternative. I really appreciate the fact that if nothing else, you're making someone else earn a spot, which it seems like we're very into earn your things. And, and, and
1: that's, you know, yeah. You I, love out, you I love that. drive earn your spot, but I, I'm going to take your spot. That's what I'm here for.
0: I love it, Carl. I'm
1: going to take
0: your spot. All right, Carl Phelps, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Good luck, and um, I'll be seeing you around, hopefully on the bike trail sometime.
1: Thank you very much. All right. Night. You have a great evening.
0: Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know today's guest or just want to support this upstart podcast, go to our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, your donation will help with all the costs associated with producing the Getting to Know You pod. Don't forget the three free ways to support the pod one subscribe to the getting to know you pod two, friend and follow the getting to know you pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, three, go to Apple, write a review. And finally, if you or someone, you know, would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the getting to know you pod. We would love to partner with you. We have a wide ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. If you're interested, just message us. See ya.